And welcome to another episode of Dodgers Dugout live here on the Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. We are Walker Buehler days away from opening day. And on today's show, Yoshinobu Yamamoto throws his first pitch in a Major League Baseball game. We got you covered. Everything you need to know about Yoshinobu Yamamoto, his arsenal, and what to expect for him in the 2024 season. We also have Giants fans trolling. I have a lot of thoughts on Giants fans that were talking about Shohei Otani and reacting to his strikeout. You won't want to miss that. And also, I got my spring standouts Big spring trainings winners so far. So be sure to stay locked in here on Dodgers Dugout Live. And also, as we always do, our Dodgers Nation Dodgers Dugout Live poll question of the show. Will Yoshinobu Yamamoto win the NL Cy Young in 2024? Right now, 65% of you say yes. 35% of you say no. If you look at the odds, he's the fourth highest odds at the moment to win the NL Cy Young. So, hey. He could absolutely do it as far as his predictions, as far as your predictions for his appearance today, for his Dodgers debut. I want to see those down below. Are we going to see two immaculate innings? Are we going to see six up, six down with six strikeouts and 18 pitches? Are we going to see him go out there and dominate? I think he's going to go out there, no hits, four strikeouts. I think he pitches two innings. I think he looks fantastic. I think you're going to see a lot of Yoshinobu Yamamoto smiles out there. So definitely give me your Yoshinobu Yamamoto takes down below. By the way, if you haven't yet, we are giving away a Yoshinobu Yamamoto jersey. Once we hit 85,000 subscribers, we are so close to hitting that. And when you do get that, you'll know we're going to give that away. And all you have to do is just subscribe to the channel and be sure to comment Yamamania down below. But let's dive right in the comment section. Noah Ortega dropping 199 on the Super Chat. You know I appreciate that. It says, hi, DMAC. Good Yama morning. I love that. Yes, I know I owe you guys a Yoshui Mamoto, Yamamoto uh, Shui for later in the show. Maybe we'll see that later today. But first thing I want to get into is I want to talk about these Giants fans yesterday. KNBR. They did this little skit. They were all watching Shohei Otani's first at bat, and here was their reaction. We get to that. South Bay reporting in. We got Ryan and we got Hugh Morris. Yo, yo, yo from Drillville. Alishiva Jones. So happy to have Kike back in Dodger Bill. So let's go to that clip here. Boom. Way to get this first of all this is just straight up embarrassing but i do like the dodger blue wall behind you but we're at the point now for Giants fans, and this is the rock bottom for any franchise. We're at the point now where they're rooting more for the Dodgers to lose than they are for the Giants to win. This is what it's come down to for Giants fans. And I know, of course, Dodgers fans, we did the same thing during last spring training when Arson Judge had his first at-bat for the Giants. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't have an at-bat for the Giants because they didn't get Arson Judge because the Giants haven't been able to land a a mega superstar. They haven't been relevant in quite some time, but they did have some big debuts yesterday. Did you see Jung Hoo Lee? He made his Giants debut. 
Hicks made his Giants debut. Did you see that? Oh, wait a minute. No, you didn't. You know why? Because the game wasn't even televised. So at least they wanted to see some baseball in these Giants fans that were out there trying to celebrate when Otani strikes out in his first at bat. And it reminded me of Mookie Betts during Dodgers Fest when he took some heat for saying that beating the Dodgers is going to be every team's world series. And clearly the giants fans world series is a Shohei Otani strikeout during spring training. That is how low it has gotten for the San Francisco giants. SF stands for season finish before it even began. And how about this? Let's see the reaction after Shohei Otani in his third at bat ends up hitting a home run. So look at this. Boom. Shohei Otani, this is a blast on a slice, okay? This is a home run that only a few players in Major League Baseball are capable of hitting. Takes that inside pitch. It goes over the left field wall, and that is on his third at-bat of the game in his spring training debut coming off of an injury, okay? So the first at-bat, yeah, he strikes out. He's just getting warmed up. Second at bat hits the ball hard, grounds into a double play, starting to get his timing bat. And by that third at bat, he hits a home run and he did not disappoint yesterday. And even during those first couple at bats, you saw some big time swings, some big rips to the point where Shohei Otani's helmet fell off. He knew what he was trying to do. He knew that fans wanted to see a home run and he delivered. He only hit two opposite field home runs last year and you saw the power. So, yeah, I just think that was absolutely hilarious that Giants fans and KNBR did this cute little skit, but it was pathetic. It was embarrassing, especially when you consider the fact that your team's games aren't even televised. The only clip we got from a Jung-Hoo Lee was from a San Francisco Giants B reporter from the press box. So, look, it is there's going to be more of those to come, right? Because Shohei Otani is going to be terrorizing the Giants for the next decade. And yeah, it was uh, definitely something that I thought was, it was cute. They tried, but hey, look, I'm just going to take a sip on some of these Giants fan salty tears right now. But we got Otani's hair, greater than sign Harper's hair from Carnivorous Sooner Activity. Yamamania starts today. Otani triple crown. That's her one-eyed dragon. Team Ruiz, it's just too bad that Dave Roberts is going to completely wreck this team. Jung Hu, that's from Geshmake. Doug, how many likes to jump on the Dodgers Nation to talk Dodger baseball? Hey, man, we definitely, we're going to work on a, a way to get you guys to have some call-ins. So be on the lookout for that. That's debuting at some point this year. SF equals suckers forever. Jose Villanueva, Justin Lamas, SF fans celebrate Otani's strikeout in spring training more than they celebrate the arson judge signing. Yeah, there you go. SF fan makes fun for us for buying players, yet they cry when those players choose LA over them. Yeah, and I see people out there that are criticizing the amount of coverage that Shohei Otani is getting, and there's this Otani fatigue that's baked into this. Well, look. He's the biggest superstar in the game playing for a mega franchise. And there's people out there that 
will watch anything he does. Look at those clips that they show on YouTube. Look at those clips you see on Twitter. People would watch clips of Otani watching paint dry and watching grass grow because that's how big of a superstar he is. And guess what? He delivers. He hit the home run. He hit a home run in his Dodgers debut. But yeah, Giants fans, it's going to be a long year. It's going to be a long next 10 years because Shohei Otani is going to be terrorizing you for a decade to come. But let me know down below what are your thoughts on the Giants fans trolling. I just can't believe that that game wasn't even televised for the Giants. Meanwhile, the Dodgers, they're on ESPN to start the year. Every single game is televised on Sportsnet LA. So give the Dodgers and everything that surrounds the Dodgers from how they're televised, how they're covered, a lot of credit because there's a ton of interest. Like I said, rock bottom for your franchise is when you want your rival to lose more than you want your team to win. And that's exactly where the San Francisco Giants are at the moment. But uh, down below in the comment section, guys, welcome into another episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. The anticipation is off the charts for me. I'm as excited today as I was yesterday because Yoshinobu Yamamoto is an absolute superstar. This is someone who could easily be a top two or three pitcher at all of Major League Baseball in year one. I have a theory about Yoshinobu Yamamoto and the Dodgers. Of course, one of the worst trades in Dodgers history, the Dodgers in the 90s, they trade future Hall of Famer Pedro Martinez for Delino DeShields. Of course, Pedro Martinez wasn't the biggest guy, five foot ten, and that's one of the reasons why he was traded. Tommy Lasorda, didn't think that he had a frame to be an elite starting pitcher. So they trade Pedro Martinez and he goes on to have a hall of fame career to be one of the pitchers of his generation. Pedro Martinez dominated in the steroids era. That's how good Pedro was. And I think this is a way for the baseball gods to repay us, the baseball gods to do us a solid by getting our Pedro Martinez, a five foot 10 starting pitcher that isn't your typical explosive high velocity throws 99, hundred. He can hit 97. He can hit 99, but really he sits around 94 to 96. But this is our version of Pedro Martinez in that he's a smaller framed starting pitcher that has the potential to be an absolute ace, an absolute superstar at the major league level. And for today, he's making his Dodgers debut. And I'm going to tell you guys what to look for. So we have done a ton of breakdowns on Yamamoto but today we're going to focus on his arsenal and that's what makes him so fun to watch is because he throws so many different pitches during any count that can be effective for him but look there's no better pitch in major league baseball than a well-located fastball we're going to talk about this want to get to this super chat here 499 from Dodger Richie says how long do we have to deal with Barnes why not give one of the younger guys a shot well to answer your question is Clayton Kershaw on the Dodgers? If the answer is yes, Austin Barnes has a job. Is Austin Barnes being productive with the pitchers? Let's not forget, if this team had just completely, was completely filled with established starters and you didn't have to rely on any of these young guys, then I think that makes Austin Barnes more expendable. But Austin Barnes is someone that can help take Emmett Sheehan and Kyle Hurt and Gavin Stone and Michael Grove and Landon Knack. The list goes on and on to the next level with his ability to help develop young pitchers. And he's a great game caller. He's a clubhouse presence. Yes, his bat is bad. He could not hit sand if he fell off a camel during certain stretches. And there's no doubt about that. But that's not why Austin Barnes 
is a Dodger. That's not why he's in the bigs. The Dodgers didn't give him an extension because of his bat. And that's how you got to think about Austin Barnes. A player, a team is not going to move off you if you are struggling in areas that they already knew you were going to struggle in, right? The Dodgers would not have given him an extension and kept him around if they thought he wasn't going to meet their expectations. The Dodgers don't expect Austin Barnes to hit like Will Smith. What they expect him to do is be an elite elite defensive catcher as far as the ability to get strikes at the bottom of the zone, the ability to communicate and build confidence in his pitchers, to call games. That's what they expect out of him and also be there for Clayton Kershaw, right, and be his guy. So you also have to factor in, too, that you don't have the robotic strike zone. We don't have the robo-umps yet. If the robo-umps were in play and pitch framing wasn't a thing anymore, then, hey, look, I mean, you're not going to have that, right? You're not going to have Austin Barnes at this level. So he still provides value, but I will say he definitely needs to do better at the plate because he's someone that is not even hitting at a big league level. He does not look like a major league hitter at the plate. And last season, he was awful. He was atrocious with the stick. He did pick it up a little towards the end, but he finished with a 36 OPS plus, a 36 OPS plus last season. That was one of the worst in all of Major League Baseball. So it's not a hot take. It's a fact that he is one of the worst hitters from a production standpoint in the mid-major league level. And we talk about a guy that is 64% below league average, but if he can get back to where he was in 22, he had a 97 OPS plus. He's only 3% below league average, hit 212. So I think there is a world where he can be respectable from that standpoint. But yeah, give me your thoughts on Austin Barnes. What do you want to see from him? What do you want to see the Dodgers do with him? You got Hunter Fiducia. You got Tyrone Lorenzo, who's still ways away. Cartaya's ways away. He needs to develop. So there really isn't that guy other than Fiducia that you could see taking that spot. But I'm telling you, this is a team that there would be a shock in that clubhouse. I don't think it would sit well with a lot of these teammates if they moved off of Austin Barnes. And I think you're going to want to see what you can do with him at the plate. If you see if he can just get back to where he was in 2022 offensively before you send him packing. But uh, down below in the comment section, welcome to Dodger Dugout Live. Barnes is... Barnes is the weakest on the team. He can't be trusted. I want to see Barnes as a bullpen catcher. That's from DJ Mad Vibes 1. Oki is a catcher. Yeah, Oki's playing very well, man. Give him a lot of credit. Ellis Shiva Jones hit that home run yesterday. I'm just saying as far as someone that you really trust, that's been around the block, that has experience, you're going to thrust him into a team where not even getting to the World Series would be considered a successful season. This is a World Series or bust team. You're going to really throw that on to a young, inexperienced catcher, especially when you have the DH going to be occupied by Shohei Otani the entire season. So Will Smith is going to get the vast, vast, vast majority of spots as a catcher. D-Max, FedEx just dropped some boxes. Still no jersey that you said you sent me. That's from Gilbert Ruiz. Gilbert Ruiz. Okay, I did not say I was going to send you a jersey. But uh, yeah, you have a chance to win that Yoshinobu Yamamoto jersey. Let's get to 85K. Be subscribed and comment Yamamania down below. Put Barnes as coach and open up his spot. That's from Daniel that's from Doug Randolph over on YouTube. Let's see what we had from Nando. Always rocking with us here on the Dodgers dugout live morning shows. So, yeah, let's dive on into Yamamoto's pitch mix. Because, like I said, you are going to have the best experience that you've had in a long time, probably since Prime Kirsch watching Yamamoto on the mound. The way he is surgical with his pitch mix. And, look, 
as good as his splitter is, which it'll right away be the best splitter in baseball, as fun as his rainbow curve, his yo-yo curveball is to watch, his cutter, his sweeper that I think you're going to see more of, there's no better pitch in Major League Baseball than a perfectly located fastball, and his fastball is fascinating. And from a velocity standpoint, it won't blow you away. He averaged 95.3 miles per hour on the fastball. He maxed out at 96.9 miles per hour. So that is still two miles per hour above big league average. But who's another guy that would hit 94, 95, but occasionally crank it up to 98, 99? Pedro Martinez. There's the comparison again. But what makes his fastball so effective is the height is the release point because of his size. He's five foot 10 and the release point, the height is around 5.4 to 5.5 feet. So you compare that to the rest of major league baseball. They're around 80% are more than that are higher than that on the four seam fastball. So most hitters at this level are seeing the fastball much higher than that they're going to see with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And then you add the fact that you have the low release point and you have the vertical drop where you can get around 17 inches of vertical break and it goes through multiple planes. And that's why it's a special pitch. It also has that natural arm side run so it can get inside to right-handed hitters. He throws it 45% of the time last season opponents hit around 200 had an OPS of 500. So that's a pitch that's going to be extremely, extremely effective for him. Like I said, look for the break, look for the deception in the delivery, and that's going to set up the rest of his nasty pitches. But the reason why Yoshinobu Yamamoto has a chance to be a hall of famer and a Cy Young winner is that splitter. It's disgusting. It's a devastating splitter. It's a nasty pitch absolute wipeout splitter and what makes it special is a couple things one it's a high velocity off-speed pitch essentially it's only five miles per hour below where his four-seam fastball is so the opponent thinks it's a fastball it falls off the table it disappears out of thin air and this is his go-to strikeout pitch if you watch the wbc last season 11 of his 19 strikeouts came via that splitty and induced a ton of swing and miss. And to me, if you watch a lot of baseball, Alex Cobb, if you look at his splitter, that's the one that it most resembles, but on a completely other level, when you consider that Alex Cobb's is around 89 to 90 with the velocity. And if you look at 12 to 13 inches of the horizontal movement, it's similar to that in some ways, but Yamamoto's is completely different because Yamamoto, he throws that splitter for strikes. He lands that splitter in the zone for a strike over 70% of the time. So a lot of guys, you want to have your splitter tumble out of the zone and get that chase out of the zone. He can be effective with it in the zone. And even if you get your bat on it, it induces soft contact. It misses barrels. It had a 76% ground ball rate against it last year in the NPB. Opponents hit 170 off it in 2023. The chase rate was around 50%. The swing strike rate around 24%. So watch and enjoy that splitty. It is a thing of beauty. It is day one going to be the best splitter in all of Major League Baseball. The only time that... It can get hit as if he leaves it flat up in the zone. But like I said, even then, it's typically going as a ground ball. So, yeah, it's a spectacular pitch. It's the pitch that I think is going to make him a Cy Young Award winner at this level. But as far as entertainment value, 
Come for the splitty, stay for the rainbow curve. Stay for the yo-yo curve. He throws that yo-yo curve around 15% of the time, but it's a pitch that he can throw at any count, just like his splitter, and he can steal strikes with it early and at bats. And he also throws it in the zone. If you go back and watch him against Joey Manisi's, and it just absolutely gave him jello knees, and he just took it and buckled and struck him out in the WBC. That is what it has the potential to do. And that pitch had dropped 65 inches and at 14 inches of, uh, of that vertical movement right there. It's what makes it a special pitch. So the curveball is incredible. You compare that to Clayton Kershaw's curveball. Kershaw's curve, 73 miles per hour, 67-inch drop, a 4-inch break. And compare that to Yamamoto's. It's a higher velocity at 77 miles per hour. The spin rate at over 2,800 RPM and the vertical drop at 65.8 inches. And the horizontal break is at 14.2 inches. So the 14.2 versus four inches. So this is a yo-yo curveball that hopefully will perform like Clayton Kershaw's Cooperstown curve. And then there's the cutter, the velo on the cutter. You're looking at 93.2 miles per hour. Spin rate close to 2,500, has the horizontal break. It really serves as a firm cutter. He throws it hard. Think of Garrett Cole's cutter, what you see from him. And he really uses it to generate a lot of weak contact. It's about inducing soft contact with that pitch. Sits right there, like I said, in the low 90s. It misses barrels. He uses it against righties. So the cutter isn't up there with the fastball or the splitter or the yo-yo curve, but it is a pitch that he can use to keep opponents off balance, to give them a different look, and help those other pitches be that much more effective. But I think this is going to be the big difference between Yoshinobu Yamamoto in the NPB versus Yoshinobu Yamamoto in MLB. And that is the sweeper. I think you're going to see him throw more sweeper at the big league level. And the reason for that is if you look at major league baseball versus the NPB in major league baseball, you're going to see almost double the amount of right-handed hitters. And because of that, you're going to need that sweeper that turns left, that breaks out of the zone. He has that pitch, his sweeper, the shape of it, you're looking at a pitch that has 12 to 14 inches of horizontal movement and not a ton of vertical breaks. So it is a true sweeper that has the chance to be effective against righties, has the potential to be a lethal out pitch. So I think that's where you're going to see, and that's because you're going to face a lot more right-handed hitters at the big league level compared to the MPB, where they have more left-handed hitters than you see at the big league level. So that is the arsenal right there. You got a fastball with pristine command that has run, that has movement. You have a splitter that drops off the table that is nasty, that's nastier than a porta potty at a music festival. You're talking about a splitter that's absolutely world class. Then you got the yo-yo curve, the rainbow curve. Then you got the cutter. Then you got the sweeper. So a very dynamic arsenal, a pitch mix that I think is going to fool big league hitters. And then what brings it all together is how effortless the delivery is, how mechanically it is so easy for him to repeat. I was watching one of his bullpen sessions and I was focused on him and not the plate and the hitter. Every single pitch looks identical and that's what makes him spectacular. But let me know down below in the comment section, will Yoshinobu Yamamoto win the national league Cy Young? I think he's going to be the first player 
the first pitcher in Major League Baseball to win the Rookie of the Year and the Cy Young in his rookie season, in his first year. He's going to do what Fernando Valenzuela did back in 1981. That is how special I think Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to be. Of course, he has to stay healthy, and that's with the Dodgers pitching staff is always a big it. But let's go down below in the comment section. Give me all your takes on Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Ray Soto Barnes is no longer Kirsch's sole catcher. Yeah, and honestly, if you look at the splits, with Kershaw throwing to Will Smith and throwing to Austin Barnes, it's negligible. It's not something that's very significant, but just because he's not his personal catcher anymore, that does not mean that it would sit well with Kirsch, especially with him coming back to have Austin Barnes exiled or moved on from. I mean, he it's definitely difficult, but now that you bring it up, let's kind of, Let's kind of look a little deeper into that, what you bring up here, Will Smith versus Austin Barnes and Clayton Kershaw. Because look, if you are in a big game, you are going to have Will Smith behind the plate, right? That just has to be the case. But last season, Austin Barnes caught Kirsch for 13 games, 76 in the thirds innings. Kirsch had a two ERA. Kirsch had a two ERA throwing to Austin Barnes. Opponents hit 204. He gave up 11 home runs nine doubles, 17 walks. So you're talking about a two ERA. That's a Cy Young level season throughout the course of an entire full season with Austin Barnes behind the dish. You compare that to Will Smith last season, Smitty caught Kirsch for 11 games, 55 and a thirds innings. And Kirsch posted a 3.09 ERA compared to Barnes who had a two ERA with opponents hitting 216 off him. He gave up eight home runs and 10 doubles. So he fared better, significantly better over a point difference with Barnes behind the dish. But a lot of that has to do with the opponent too. So he's facing better opponents occasionally, better lineups. So there's that. But still, I mean, that's pretty significant when you consider it. But I think it goes beyond just the fact that Will Smith is almost equal to Barnes for how many times he's catching him per season has to do with, look, I've had Kirsch tell me to my face how close he is with Austin Barnes. I asked Clayton Kershaw at uh, this ping pong tournament. I said, hey, you can go on a road trip with two of your Dodgers teammates who you're picking. The first one he didn't even blink to say was Austin Barnes and how close they've gone over the years. He also said James Altman for the record. But what do you guys think they should do with Austin Barnes? Like I said, this is an, an echo chamber. I like your guys' his takes. I understand the Austin Barnes Takes two Nando 390. Kershaw Barnes is an L in October. That's from Nando. We got Barnes is a great game caller, but we have all new staff. Get the kids to learn. I like that. It's a pretty interesting take as well. But I think that if you talk to people around, I mean, he definitely has a role in that. I and mean, he's already kind of had an impact on some of these younger Dodgers pitchers as well. When Barnes starts balling on another team, you'll be crying for him to come. That's from your boy Barnes as a clubhouse member. That's from Joshua. Yeah. I mean, look, there's always ways that you can keep players in the dugout without keeping them on the active 26 man roster. And I'm not saying that you would have some phantom ILs with Austin Barnes, but that's kind of the way to go about it. But I don't think that is the case. Uh, Barnes is an IE legend from Dan T. Yes. Ramos looks great. That's going to be a segue to our next topic. We're going to get into spring stands up. We're going to talk a little bit about Ramos, but let me know down below. Give me your Yamamania predictions for today. Give me your ERA predictions, and we are going to talk about spring standouts coming up next here. Sock check Barnes. Okay, that's a little much. Carl Betts, Otani, Freeman, Hernandez, Muncie, Smith, Alvin, Hayward, Lux would be a nice lineup. Ramos played well in the WBC. 
defensively is a plus. Yeah, defensively is a plus. His arm, he has an absolute hose, a cannon for an arm for sure. Barnes is a towel boy in the field house. Okay, I don't know if I got this one, but I would do it for that one. Finish him. Uh, the queen in the house. What up, Diane Schroeder? Always rocking with us. By the way, if you guys really want to help the channel, drop your comments down below and definitely hit that like button for the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. We got, uh, I'm late. What I miss. Well, you can always go back and watch the show from the beginning. Let's go Dodgers. Brian Gomez has every inch counts. We're talking about that vertical break. Okay. That's a little much BC. Is he pitching two innings? Presumably. I mean, doc said for the opening, you're probably thinking around, you're probably thinking around five innings, something like that. 75 pitches, not going to go full bore on that one, but still, I think for sure. What up money making D Mac? What up, Mr. Classic? We got a super chat from Joe Rodriguez. I'll take Kirsch's curveball 24 seven. I mean, yeah, the Cooperstown curse curveball is absolutely a thing of beauty. And I think Yamamoto has to prove that he has that curveball at this level, but I do think it's going to be a smooth transition for Yoshinobu Yamamoto and for a couple different reasons, and I think the biggest one is, one, that fastball is still going to play. It's not going to be a velocity issue. If you have someone that's having a lot of success at the NPB and a pitcher that is relying on their secondary pitches, then you start to wonder, okay, can they get it done in the show? But the fact that from a velocity standpoint and a movement standpoint, it's still going to be a plus fastball. And then you factor in the delivery, the ease of the delivery, the repeatability of the mechanics. The fact, too, the intangibles. This guy's built for the bright lights. He's someone that welcomes and embraces the pressure. That's why I think it's going to be a smooth transition. I've been very close to this guy. Nothing phases him. It can be tons of media members around him asking him questions. It can be the president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, all the Dodgers brass watching his very first bullpen session, and he's still able to go out there and execute. So I definitely think it's going to be a smooth transition for Yamamoto. AJ Alexander, Y2K comparison to vote for Pedro is spot on. I like how you included two two nicknames in there. Yeah, this is good. Like I said, baseball God's doing us a solid with this one. Yoshi going to chop. Those bad bats, absolutely, for sure. You're going to see soft contact. You're going to see strikeouts. That is a hot take there, D-Mac. What up, Darren? I'm not sure what I said, but we got uh, Geshmake. It's down and out at Chavez Ravine for opposing lineups. Compliments of Yamamoto. Can't wait to see Yamate. That's from Diane Schroeder, the fairy godmother of the Dodgers Nation streams. Appreciate you. Yamamoto will be Cy Young Rookie of the Year and MVP. So Nando is taking it a step further and adding MVP to the mix. That truly would be unprecedented just imagine that what up dmac let the yama mania begin yeah i see we got a lot of yama maniacs down below in the comment section dmac please do a live game play by play watch games together not sure if you have the time or if they pay for that hey man I, i'm locked into the games but i think we'll probably look to do something like that at some point for sure watch a game with dmac is what all these people want that's from mr classic okay so you guys have been watching spring training this has been the most memorable spring training because of all the exciting new players and all the young players that are having success. And we're going to talk about the spring standouts and our biggest takeaways from spring training so far. That's coming up next here on Dodgers dugout live. What up Dodgers nation D Mac here. I'm here to remind you that if you have not yet, be sure to subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, hype videos, interviews, breakdowns, live streams, and more all year long. Hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell. And if you really want to help the channel out, smash that like button. 
Also, you will not be eligible for any of our giveaways unless you are subscribed to the channel. So all you need to do to be eligible for all of our giveaways is just make sure that you are subscribed. We just gave away a brand new authentic Mookie Betts jersey valued at over $350. And we got tons of giveaways coming this offseason. So be sure to be subscribed so you are eligible to win. And as always, think blue, bleed blue, and please subscribe. And welcome back to Dodgers Dugout Live here on another debut. Yoshinobu Yamamoto set to make his Dodger debut in just a few hours from now. And by the way, go to DodgersNation.com for all latest Dodgers news, rumors, analysis, and more. If you go to the page right now, you got Shohei Otani debuts, his reaction from his first game. Also, a very interesting Walker Bueller update and a huge step that he took in his recovery. Also, Tyler Glasnow, he confirmed that he is going to be ready to pitch for the Dodgers in their opening series against Korea, against the Padres in Seoul, Korea. So definitely go check that out. DodgersNation.com for all the latest Dodgers news and rumors. You are going to find it right over there. Now, another storyline today that is going to be overshadowed just because of the debut is the story of Gavin Lux. So if you look at the lineup today, you got Chris Taylor batting leadoff. He's at second. And then Gavin Lux in the two-hole at shortstop. So for the first time, Gavin Lux is going to be in that shortstop position. He's had a couple games, had some hits. He's been in the DH spot, dock him a couple of reps to get his feet acclimated and get that feel back at the play. Now he can focus a little bit on the defensive side. And I think that that's really one of the biggest questions because Gavin Lux did not grade out at an above average level. He didn't grade out at an average level back in 2021 when he was filling in for Corey Seager. He has improved a lot since he's worked on his range of motion, his just overall range and he's athletic. He is rangy, but also you look at the arm strength and the arm strength is one of the lowest in baseball for a shortstop. So I'm very curious to see how he performs at that shortstop position. Has he made those improvements with his throwing with his defensive ability? He absolutely has the potential to do it. He did come up as a shortstop defensively. It's just a matter of going out there and proving it to everyone, including himself, because anyone out there that's blindly saying that Gavin Lux, you're hundred percent certain is going to be able to get it done. You just, we have to see it, okay? Hope is not a strategy, right? So let's see what Gavin Lux has today. And I know that's big for him just from a mental standpoint. I'm very curious to see Gavin Lux and how he handles it. But then behind him, you got Max Muncy at third. And then the cleanup spot, everyone's favorite, Austin Barnes batting cleanup behind the dish. Then James Altman at DH batting fifth. Then sixth, you got Vargas in left. Then you got Padlow at first batting seventh. And of course, he hit the Dodgers' first home run of spring. Then you got Avens in center and then Andy Pajes batting ninth in right. And of course, on the bump, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So that's the big storylines today. Yamamoto on the mound, Lux at short. But let's dive into some of these spring takeaways. It's going to be pretty quick round here. First one I have to start with is the one that I think has a chance to have a big impact on the Dodgers in 2024, and that is the performance of Blake Trinan. Now, I spoke to Blake Trinan a couple weeks ago at Dodgers Fest, spoke to him during spring training for a little bit, and he's very confident in not just the fact that he can get back from a health perspective, but also in that slider. And that slider is crucial to his success. And you saw yesterday that slider was back and it was doing some nasty stuff breaking out of the zone. And last 
game yesterday for Blake Trinan. He goes an inning. He gave up a hit. He did have that strikeout. He also struck out Otani during live BP a few days ago. And yeah, just go back and look at that at bat to Andrew Vaughn. A nasty slider from Blake Trinan. If the velocity gets back to where he needs it to be, if the field gets back to where he needs to be, and he can stay healthy, there's no reason why Blake Trinan can't get back to being somewhat close to the guy that he was in 2021 when he had reestablished himself as one of the very best relievers in all of Major League Baseball. That's how good Blake Trinan was in 2021. This guy was absolutely lights out for that entire season in 2022 he of course suffered the injury but in 2021 that's when he really took that next leap after that 2020 year in 2021 he went 72 and a third innings had a 199 era a 245 expected era 288 fib but that slider looked good He's a happily married man, but he's got that slide piece back. And opponents hit 74 off that side. He 0-7-4 against that slider back in 2021. So that was very promising. That was encouraging because with him, you got a lot of high leverage arms. You got Bruce Dark Gradar. You got Evan Phillips. You got Joe Kelly. You got JP Fireising, who's going to get his opportunities. You got Ryan Brazier back, who was the Dodgers' best reliever last season. So that is definitely something to keep your eyes on, the progress of Blake Trinan. And then how about Landon Knack? Landon Knack in his first start, his spring debut, gave up no hits, no walks, four punch outs in two innings. The way he attacks hitters, the way he throws strikes, that's what makes him a very intriguing prospect someone that yeah he doesn't have ace potential he might even have four or five starter in the big league level potential right but still i think he's improved a lot i mean he averaged 91 miles per hour on his fastball in triple a last season he was hitting 95 he was throwing high velocity he's got a four pitch mix four seam changeup, slider curveball and he works his mix well i think he's one of the more refined young pitching prospects that we've seen in quite some time and he even mentioned he did have some nerves early. He did miss some pitches, but he settled down. He executed four strikeouts in two innings. And then Gavin Stone is another starting pitcher you just want to pay close attention to during spring training because there's a universe where Gavin Stone throws 50, 60, 70, maybe more than that innings this season for the Dodgers. There's a universe where that occurs through injury, through performance, and in his start yesterday, he gave up a hit in two and two in through spring two appearances. He's given up a hit in two and two thirds innings, has three punch outs, no walks. The changeup continues to look nasty. You saw him just absolutely embarrass Fernando Tatis Jr. with a nasty changeup. And he was effective yesterday. And I think you look at the season he had last year. He was throwing two pitches, fastball changeup. Wasn't using that cutter, wasn't using that two seam fastball. And then you add the fact that he had a blister that was impacting him that wasn't allowing him to push off. So then you don't have your best stuff, even though you have minimized stuff with only going with the two pitch arsenal. And he also was tipping his pitches. So he was tipping his pitches, was dealing with the blister injury, was dealing with the rookie season where they hadn't refined his mix at this level. And now you can start to see why he didn't have the success that we all thought he was going to have. He's a different guy. And it starts with the confidence knowing that they figured out the mix. He's fully healthy. I think for him, the whiff rate, you at that around 50% on that changeup. I mean, if you can just set up that changeup and continue to throw strikes, get ahead of hitters, he's going to have a chance to compete with Emmett Sheehan for that number five starter spot. And then a kind of a stock down. If you look at it through a vacuum, Alex Vesia, he's given up three hits, 
He's allowed a run, two innings, one hit being that home run. But this is spring training Alex Vesia. This is early season Alex Vesia. You could say Rooney Gamboa might even be better than him now as far as Sal Paws. But let's not forget the success he had down the stretch. And how about Jose Ramos? Jose Ramos, he looks like the real deal. Jose Ramos is a prospect to get excited about if you're a Dodgers fan. We saw a couple years ago him climbing up those prospect rankings. He's gone five for nine so far with a double and a home run. He's just so naturally talented. You see the raw talent. He has big league speed, big league power. He has a elite throwing arm potentially. He has plus, plus power. For him, it's just minimizing the strikeouts. Last year at AA, he had a 29% strikeout rate. So if he can get his bat on the ball more, which we've seen the potential of him to do, he has a chance to do something. I mean, he has just left the yard of the home run a few days ago. So very curious by Jose Ramos, Chris Oakey. Someone brought him up on the show catcher. He's gone three for four, the home run so far ward, Ryan Ward's gone three for nine with three doubles so far. How about Cody Hosey? Cody Hosey has gone three for four with a double Dodgers first round pick back in 2019. LA selected him with a 25th overall pick. Last season, he struggled. He played a career-high 98 games at Tulsa at a 79-weighted runs created plus. So well below average at that level. But the swing looks better. He looks more comfortable. He looks like he's covering more of the plate, more of a relaxed approach. So I wouldn't completely say Cody Hosey is an afterthought at this point, but he has a lot of ground to make up. Nabil Krismit, of course, one of the NRIs I think you got to pay close attention to. He gave a home run to Chris Bryant against the Rockies. But you see that changeup, you see that four-seam fastball. I like what I'm seeing out of him. And then how about Andy Pajes? Andy Pajes, two for seven with a double three RBI. You're like, okay, doesn't blow my mind. Big whoop, right? But you see the raw power on display. You see the 70, 80 grade level throwing arm. This is someone who looks and smells and feels like a big league hitter, like a big league outfielder. And I'm just going to throw this out there. And I don't want to be jumping the gun on this, but if Jason Hayward doesn't have the same success that he had last season, where he was an absolute revelation for the Dodgers, hit 15 home runs last year for LA, he had 15 home runs in the last couple of seasons before that combined, right? He was considered to be a bust of a signing for Chicago. He gets his career back on track with the Dodgers and reunites with Freddie Freeman. A lot of feel good stories last year. That was one of the top ones. But if Jason Hayward struggles offensively, Maybe by July, maybe by even before that, maybe Andy Pajes gets his opportunity in right because he's got an arm. He's someone that has been an absolute beast at the minor league level at the plate. Only issue with him is he played just 34 games last year before tearing his labrum and he underwent season ending surgery. So he didn't get a full season, but he's extremely, extremely talented. You look at his walk rate at the minor league level, 17.6% walk rate and a 22.5% strikeout rate. The ISO power at 211, it matches up close to that. So that's definitely a very encouraging sign. A 144 weighted runs created plus. He can lift the ball. This is someone that you should be excited about. More people should be talking about Andy Pajes, and you should absolutely be paying close attention. But we're going to do another round of spring standouts tomorrow. But let me know, who has caught your eye during spring training? Who has caught your eye? Kevin Padlow. Of course, he's going to go down in history as the guy to hit the first home run during spring training. But uh, I think Otani's caught my eye, too. I think he's going to turn out to be a pretty good baseball player one day. What do you guys think? But let's go down below in the comment section. 
Two innings pitch, three Ks. That's your prediction for Yamamoto. I'm on that Jose Ramos train bandwagon. Yeah, Mr. Classic. Yeah, buy all that Jose Ramos stock for sure. Let's see how Lux is going to play in shortstop for sure. Will Smith only hitting 125. Look to others in the cleanup spot. Zero ERA tans from Diane Schroeder. Let's go down below. Sweeney Ward and Pajes. Yeah, I was talking to Sweeney Doom underscore Sal. This is someone who a lot of potential defensively you need some more shortstop in the system and i think sweeney is someone that understands the process for sure dfa my wife that's from nando okie dokie i like that from michael talking about mr uh, three for four chris Oki. get that bomb yesterday martin rodriguez i need that tumbler dmac this is a really cool tumbler you know where i got this i don't know i found this here at the studio and i just started using it. i didn't even put it to the dishwasher or wipe it off i don't even know who's drinking this before me but i love it it's great and it's not one of those one of those uh, one of those Stanley Cups that are going for like 300, 400 bucks. Come on now. For that price, better be the Stanley Cup with all the hockey teams on it for that price. Ridiculous. SF for sorry franchise. That's a fire take. That's a finish him. From Bruin Steve, who drops us 199. That's awesome. Appreciate you. You guys are the best. Jose Ramos for sure. Otani from Dying Shooter. Yeah, look, what Otani's doing, it's awesome. It's awesome. That's all there is. It's the only way to describe it. It's awesome. It's incredible. It's spectacular. It's great for baseball. It's great for the Dodgers. But Okie Doki hit a three-run pokey. That's from Jeff Vanderstein. Fire take. Yoshi gonna slay Bowser today. That's from Sierra Brew. Free 99. That's from Michael over there. Darren Shepard. I think we need to switch Will and Max in the rotation. It's very early for that. Will Smith is someone who's going to get a long look there at the cleanup spot. I think Teoscar Hernandez is the guy that should ultimately be there when the postseason rolls around. Gary, hey, look who runs X, look who runs Google, look who runs YouTube. Mr. Class, all these NRIs in Meyer League camp guys are the Dodgers right now looking to ace their audition. It's a massive audition. It's an audition where there's not a lot of parts available, right? So you're just really starting to use this as a way to let these guys know and this organization know that if you need to go to the depth, how is you going to fare in the pecking order, Right. Gavin Stone doesn't make the opening day roster if he's that first guy, or is it going to be Landon Ack? Is it going to be Emmett Sheehan, who's been dealing with some soreness? So we haven't seen him pitch so far this spring, but we will be back after today's game to break it all down for the Dodgers Nation postgame show. Yoshinobu Yamamoto makes his Dodgers debut. Look, I'm smiling so much my face is hurting because I'm in high anticipation for this day. Yamamania, it begins. But that's going to do it for this episode of Dodgers Dugout Live. If you haven't yet, Subscribe to the number one Dodgers YouTube channel. Maybe we'll give away a Yamamoto jersey after the game if we hit 85,000. That's all we need to do. So be sure to do that. Check out X. Check out uh, follow Dodgers Nation on X, by the way, especially if you're at work for these day games. By the way, sorry to your bosses, guys. At Dodgers games, we got Dodgers dugout live. But if you want to follow on Twitter, we got the game cast going on our X at Dodgers Nation. You got live play by play, you got highlights, you got tweets. Definitely want to go check that out. And also follow us over on the Instagram at Dodgers Nation. Follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. Until next time, think blue, 